All right, so we're back with another one of these uh, bonus episodes. Uh, I was starting to do these when I was uh, off of work for quarantine, and I liked it so much I wanted to keep it going. But I can't do it every week. I'll do it when I can, and I'll get uh, some cool guests, get some friends on to help me. And uh, this time I have a good buddy, Sean Wright from Lollygagger FX. It has actually been a long time since you've been on the show. <laughs> it has actually been a long time. And hey, thanks for having me on the show again, bud. I feel like I talk to you all the time, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's so familiar. I'm like, he hasn't been on the podcast in a while, so it's uh, uh, you know, bad on me. <laughs> we no, got to no. get you on the main one, too, though. But yeah, this, we'll, this we'll is good. That. Yeah. So I heard you on the Tone Control maybe a couple months ago, a month ago, and I, I loved it. It was great. Just, uh, yeah, those, like, those guys are awesome, and uh, it's like you and them. It's really relaxed, and uh, and you end up laughing more than you do anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our show especially. You might not learn anything, but you'll get a good chuckle. Now, that's good that's, enough for me. <laughs> that's all that matters. We can help you pass the day there. But uh, Sean, how you how you been? Uh, what's what's new? It's it's probably been like two years since you've been on. But... Yeah, at least a year and a half. Um, no, things are good. Um, like you said, we keep in touch quite often, but I think this is the first time in a while we've had actually a discussion. Um, busy, uh, just like anybody else, trying to get through what I'm doing. You know, for my day gig with COVID and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, doing lolly, we're doing okay with that. Uh, you know, just keeping busy and staying out of trouble because you get around my age, uh, getting in trouble costs a lot of money. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know where to find the trouble, too. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I stay away from it. Yeah. Since then, you've kind of, I've, I've been seeing Lollygagger and the Canalias and all this stuff like popping up and Cherry Box popping up on different like uh, YouTubes. I saw it on uh, Ryan's channel. He featured uh, mm-hmm. some Lollygagger. I think it was like he was doing his quarantine special where he just kind of did unbox playthrough. It's a cool series yep. that he was doing, and I was like, I was like, hell yeah, Sean's getting some love over there. Yeah, yeah, and Ryan's a great guy too. And that whole thing he did, he didn't have to do it. Um, it was something he wanted to do to help us, the small builders in the mm-hmm. community. And he, you know, it was on his dime, you know. So for him to go out of his way and do that um, was a pretty cool thing. And uh, Ian, a collector emitter. Uh, was doing the same thing too. Basically, he was, you know, just just mm. to pedal. He was doing demos, or he was doing calling them uh, sound sound projects or something. I can't remember how how he titled it, but yeah, there was there was some guys that were, you know, in some ways with all this COVID crap, um, it's been good for some people in some ways. I mean, I think uh, you know, uh, I got a number. I think Josh at JHS, I think he was talking that he doubled his uh, sales this last year. Oh, compared shit. To yeah. To 2018. So it's kind of weird how there are some people that did well because for whatever reason, people were at home and they're like, hey, I got nothing to do. I'll buy a pedal or a guitar or amp. Yeah. But then there's there's a lot of smaller guys who are you know still chugging along, not doing bad, but they're they're not getting... Uh, any of that love so so for people to go out of their way to do that was uh very cool and you have done that with us with the canalia so you know i really appreciate that as well so one so one of my favorite demos i love it i mean it was fun and i think that was uh the demo i did for the canalia it's um kyle's i, I gotta borrow that from him again <laughs> <laughs> I, I, keep, I keep giving it back to him I'm like no oh, give me that back give me that back but it's uh it was a fun one because it like i 
I think that was like the first one that I actually wrote a new song for it because I was like, oh, this doesn't sound like my other amps or you know effects and stuff like that. And I think of like the chugga chugga, very mid focus kind of like tube screamer thing is my mm-hmm. deal. And that one is kind of like sounds like an amp that's like we're gonna blow up. <laughs> and then to me, right. like you got to play differently for that. So that was fun. And I was like, I'm st- super stoked to see you. You know, more uh, is out there. Yeah, it's been going, you know, we're, we, we've we always be- had the thought that Colette and I are, we're really wanting to do uh, an organic reach, you know, because we're, you know, we, this is a big secret out there, people. A lot of us don't do this for, for our own living. You know, this is a lot of his side gig stuff. Mm-hmm. So we can afford to be pretty organic about having people find us and, you know, we like to say we don't have customers. We have new friends. Yeah. Because it seems like once you talk to a guy, he tells you his rig. You talk about, oh, I had that guitar. Yeah, I remember it. And then you get a rapport and then you have a relationship. And even though the guy bought a pedal from you, you're still DMing and sharing memes and laughing. And to me, that has been the coolest thing about doing Lally Gager is meeting a bunch of people from all walks of life that have one thing in common, but different aspects of life other than that, that you can go, oh, wow, that's cool. You yeah, know? different perspectives and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So you can, yeah. you know, take from that or you can be like, oh, you know, that's that's different. So I might like venture a different avenue or whatever. It's like, I, I, that's what is pretty cool about the community too. It's like, I would as- assume that like anybody really can just reach out to Lollygagger or whatever and just like we'll be in the DMs and talking to you because I'm like I- it was easy enough for me to do it. <laughs> Us back in the day, I got I think we were just starting and then like we were bugging you on your live streams and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, that was so fun. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, who's this? And I was like, I remember Kyle was like, oh yeah, I'm like I'm like working. I think he was like unloading a truck and he kind of had a like his uh, phone and he can magnet and stick it to like the side of the truck and he's like oh i gotta go unload something real quick and then sean's like mm-hmm. replying to me i'm like fuck i'm unloading something i can't say anything he's like kyle you there you paid it <laughs> i'm telling you something he's like i'm listening but i can't like, yeah, you bastard <laughs> it's like kyle you, let me let me give you a give you a piece of my mind here but i like that yeah. it's like anybody can kind of reach out to like these brands and some of them will respond back and some of them won't or whatever and you no, kind we're, of we're, build we're, the relationship yeah. Yeah, it's so cool that way. I mean, we've had a really open uh, line of communication with anybody. I mean, I, I've had people message me talking about something, and they go off in just a different tangent. <laughs> You're like, and, all right, I'm going to follow along. <laughs> yeah, and if I got 10 minutes, I'm just like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know. Um, you know, the getting the relationships and the friendships, I think that has been the hardest thing about COVID this year. And last summer is that's our time for us to get together and be in person mm-hmm. and laugh and drink and just talk about everything that's cool. Uh, and like I said before, uh, you know, uh, the pedal builders, especially we are, a lot of us are all friends and we joke and bust each other's balls and we, we're just, there's a friendship. There's a rapport. Mm-hmm. And it's great when you're doing it online. It's so much better when you're in person. Yeah. You know, that, so that face to face for sure. Yeah. So missing out on SNAM uh, last summer, uh, we weren't going to go to NAM this year, but uh, well, maybe next year. Yeah. But uh, 
but having those opportunities, there's also a couple other uh, shows, the one in Philadelphia. And, but yeah, we can't do those. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's a bummer. But, you know, we still have communication. We're still able to talk to our friends and, and you know, see what's up and help out and laugh and drink and bullshit. Yeah. It's just not the same. Yeah, you, you got to, like, think of a different way of doing it. It's like with bands, too, of, like, networking and... Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I hate that term, but it, it is kind of sometimes what it it's is. It's true. It's yeah, what you, it you're, is. You're talking to other bands, you're trying to, you know, get the shows or, you know, work together to build shows and book them and stuff like that. And you're like, you meet these people and you can only do so much online, especially I found for music and bands. If you're talking to like a band member or something like that from a different group locally, at least at our level, mm-hmm. there it doesn't make much of a movement or any type of like wave unless you talk to that person face to face and they're like oh perfect yeah, let's get a show together and I'm always like we're just hanging out drinking you know PBR some crappy beer at a bar and I'm yep. like yep listen to some our friend's band I'm like yep this is fun cool let's you're good people let's do it and then but online you're like okay there's no one no shows and then two you're like well what the hell can we do and it's like oh maybe we can collaborate and do like a split EP or something like that and then you're like I don't really know if they're going to record something or whatever but yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot to be said for, you know, building a rapport and in, you know, usually when you do something like that mm-hmm. in person, you have a few beers, you're like, no, this guy's a cocksucker. I, I have no <laughs> desire to do anything with this dude. Yeah. And that's, so you're like, yeah. so you, you're like, Ooh, dodge that bomb. Yeah. <laughs> you, but, you, that they say, yeah, you go from the opposite way. He's like, Oh, I met him in person. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or you're like, Hey man, I don't think this would have worked out had I not been able to hang and, you know, get your vibe. And, and it's just like, no, this guy's a really cool dude. He's not full of himself. I'm, I'm really excited to do this and blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's cool to hear like the side of like a pedal builder and like kind of like business owner like yourself and uh, others that like on guitar knobs, they go into that mm-hmm. a lot. And I'm like, Oh, it's just hearing that side of it. It's like how the camaraderie and like friendship you actually have it's like not competition and i know that like everybody says that that's awesome it's, it's just like it's just constantly like oh we're building each other up you know the rising tide you know raises all boats kind of deal oh yeah absolutely and the funny thing is i i think about two months ago i just think for shits and giggles i went through um and looked at all the people that i know that i talk to frequently or i'm friends with and I broke down what they sold and what they made comparative to what I do and comparative to what each other's does. Uh-huh. You would be surprised how little crossover there is. Yeah. Because the guys I hang out with, the guys that I'm friends with, a lot of them are younger guys. They have absolutely do not give a fuck about, well, obviously they do because that's what they do for business, but they build stuff because they want to hear it. And sometimes that stuff is really ugly and nasty and they're totally into it. And I love it. And some other guys love it. Some people might not, but it's cool that these guys are like doing something way off the beaten track. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's, I think with the last couple of years and especially this last year, I think you're going to see less and less people come out you know, when the two or three people break loose a, a, a past pedal and they start cloning it, yeah. you know, whether it's a big moth or a clon or whatever, I think you're going to stop seeing as much uh, bandwagon jumping on that. Yeah. 
I think you're going to see more people are going to be like, you know, I'm, I've had my fill with the tube screamer. I've had my fill with doing big muff pies. I'm had my fill with doing the clon because the thing is, is once you go on reverb and you see how many of the people that do what you do, how many of cloned or like, you know, a lot of them are updated too. They're not just straight up clones, but there's, there's like dozens. And to me, that just doesn't, I mean, how am I going to put something out there and go, uh, here's my clon clone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and they're like, well, we're not really impressed because like there's 25 you, other ones. You it's know? like yelling into a tornado. I'm like, yep, they heard me. Yeah, <laughs> you, exactly. you, can't, you can't get your voice heard or whatever. So it's like, yeah, maybe yeah. because there's more people doing it, you'll maybe have those people want to have unique voices. So they might not just have like, Oh, I have like a million pedals that I'm doing, but they might have like, this is my one thing that is like, I've spent a lot of my time doing it's my unique voice and certain sound that's been in my head. Maybe it'll be sounding good to your ears. Yeah. And that's it. A lot of the guys that I know and I'm friends with, they have two, three, maybe four pedals Mm -hmm. in their arsenal. And mainly that's because they have spent a lot of time trying to dial in whatever they want to hear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have two pedals right now. I mean, we have some coming up, but we got two pedals right now. And the reason because of that is because I want to design stuff. Now there's not, it's not like nothing's original. I mean, you, you know, there was like people had made these types of circuits for different things all those 50 years ago. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're just taking a little bit of the seasonings from things and you're trying to make something new out of it. And that's what a lot of these guys, including myself are doing. So that takes time. And and you'll notice that this is obviously not the case for everyone, but the guys who have two or three pedals, they have two or three pedals because they put a lot of time in designing and uh, getting them up to run and getting built and getting parts and design and aesthetics and yeah. all that stuff. They're not going, they're not going on Microsoft paint and <laughs> getting like a, I mean, these guys are actually putting the time in. So yeah, to me, I, you're going to find more of that. I think. Yeah. It's like they're taking the time and they're putting their best foot forward instead of just like, all right, let's just uh, throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. It's like, yeah. we, yeah, that makes sense. It's like, you know, when bands like, you know, you can write like 10 to 15 songs. Don't record them all and put them out. It'd be like, let's find the best ones or best parts to put into the best four or whatever. And like, let's make an EP. And that's like kind of how a lot of bands are doing nowadays. They're doing singles. They're doing EPs. If you've seen that trend, because it's, it's one more cost effective and two, you're going to put your best work out there. Like the bands that like had like 10 full length record deals that doesn't exist anymore. Really? Unless no, you're and that, Green Day yeah, or something like that. Well, even that, I mean, that quit existing for a lot of bands like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, just less and less now. Yeah, I mean, let's be fair. You're either listening to Amazon or you listen to Apple or you listen to Spotify, and all those formats are based on singles. Yeah. I mean, you can obviously listen to an album if you prefer, but uh, so for you to... Here's the cool thing. You basically just said, and I'll break it down this way. You can now make albums without filler. Yes. Essentially. I mean, it's like we need a 10-song album from you, and you're like, well, I know we got four. 
maybe five. Yeah. Uh, but we can we can get some shit together to fill space. And, and just now to fill that contract. And it's like, you yeah. don't have to anymore. No, now it's just a bring your A game. You yeah. know? I think of uh, a, a good example is like, uh, you know, one of my favorite bands or whatever, Green Day. When they put out that Uno Dos Trey, they kind of blew through because I think they wanted to get the end of their contracts. So they were like, we'll do right. three full-length albums all at once. That was like 30-something songs, 36 songs. Mm-hmm. And people say, like, that, those fucking sucked. I'm like, well, if you pick the best ones out of each, you probably have a 12-song. I, like, yes. I, have, I have 12 songs that I love from that those three releases. And, and you should like, make that Quattro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did Quattro, which was uh, their live dvd oh, or something like right. that but it that's was right. like but that could like you could make a playlist of like your 12 favorite 10 favorite songs and like that's a great full length i'm like if they would have done that <laughs> but like, well, nowadays it's easy enough to make your own playlist but right and, and and i like you said i totally think it was one of those cases where they're just like we, we'll just let's get these out and they don't have to i mean they probably do artistically want to write great music put it out there but they don't have to do it financially. So if it's one of those things where like we have enough backlog and we have enough stuff in the can that we can write, let's just shoot the shit out of there and get the hell out of Dodge. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, they don't have to worry about like studio time. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, that's nothing for us. <laughs> we get yeah, the best studios about anything. Or you get that album. And it's like, Oh, this one didn't sell. Are they going to drop us? No, no one's fucking going to drop green day. <laughs> you know, so even if they did, they're like, do it, and then we'll put our own shit out. And yeah, we'll like, actually make more money now, so we'll <laughs> just put our own shit out. Yeah, it's like oh, we'll put our own shit on, like we'll press our own stuff and Bandcamp, but we'll make our own money. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of the weird thing about um, you know when music is, and you would know this more than I do, is that on one end it's got to feel absolutely liberating that you could do this stuff, but then there's also the fact that it's like. But none of us are making any money, you know, so it's kind of like, this is great. I can write a song at home. I can I can mix it down. I can put it on a hard drive. I can send it out there on Bandcamp or whatever, and people can love it. And yeah, you'll get some cash, but it's not like it was 15, 20 years ago. So oh, yeah, then yeah, yeah. you couldn't do that shit at home, mm-hmm. you know, and you were getting a studio they were charging you up the ass for it. Yeah. Your accountants weren't telling you how much money you were spending. So it's just this weird, wouldn't it be great if you could do what you want to do and get paid for it at the same time? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like, uh, you can have, uh, you know, one, but not the other or whatever. But even if you imagine like, what if you put, I mean, like $4,000, 10,000, you know, like five to me, like $5,000 would be a lot to record an album, yeah, but yeah, people definitely. do it like on our uh, local band level. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. But, and then they never sell or they were like, we're done. All right. <laughs> like yeah. they just break up. Uh, I like the idea of just like the being able to create whenever you want, not a whole lot of money. And then uh, the idea, I think because I've never made money off of music that like a good amount, like we we'll get like paid like $300 for a gig. We're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That paid for everything. <laughs> wow. But I'm like, those don't come up too often. And I think because we're not like the hip happening band in the area, because you have to be like, oh, pl- play three hours of music that people want to dance and drink to. That's not playing. Uh, we can't. No. We'll play for, th- for three hours, but people are like, 
I can't listen. I can't like hang out and talk to girls when you're like do get do get do get do get me on like a punk rock for three hours. Um, well, and that's the cool thing about playing live now in like a situation where hey, you guys are adults, you have you know jobs and stuff. So if I'm in a bar and I see guys your age, mm-hmm. I know they're not here for the money, and probably the majority of them have old ladies. Yeah. So they're not here to pick up the women. So it's like. And they could easily just get drunk home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're there to play, you know? <laughs> and that, to me, is cool, you know? Yeah, and it's, like, even, like, um, I think I'm, like, hopping over to something else here. It's, like, I was watching a YouTube video of, like, uh, this guy, a uh, YouTube channel called, like, 90s Punk Rock Covers or something like that. This guy, mm-hmm. he just, like, plays, like, really nice gear. And he's, like, he, I love photography. I love gear. And I like, you know, punk rock. And, you know, stuff like, you know, that I, you know, like lag wagon and like nineties punk and blink and green day, all that stuff. And he plays just covers mm-hmm. of that. And he does, kind of does some like tutorials or whatever. And I haven't seen it yet, but I could see people say, Oh, you can't play punk rock on like a, like a Les Paul and Friedman and really nice oh, gear. And it's Christ. like, but no, I haven't seen any of those because I'm like, most people who are into that music from like back in like 95, 96, they're yeah. my age or older. <laughs> So they're yeah. probably in their late thirties or forties, and they're like, "I love Blink One Eighty Two. I have like a disposable income that I can buy a Les Paul and a Mesa Boogie and yeah. shit like that. Right? <laughs> the stuff that I couldn't afford when I was like teenager, I can do that now. And so, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't make you punk because you have a guitar that doesn't stay in tune. It makes you punk that you kept playing that guitar even though you didn't you didn't have a choice of any other music that you. I mean, <laughs> that's that's but you know that's what is the attitude of. I don't care. I'm going to play. Yeah, I'm going to keep it's playing. Not, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's what? It's a, the equipment. Now, you could be the opposite where you could be the guy who's like, I have to have the best of everything. Those guys will never do anything in their entire lives. Yeah. They will, they will a... have it in, they'll have it in their studio and they'll play. And you know what? And this is cool too. They're happy because this is what I've always wanted. I'm happy. I like looking at it. I like playing it, um, having a friend over and having a beer. That's cool. But you don't have to have the best of everything. You just have to have the best of what works for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to try and uh, bring it to some topics that I had written down here. So um, shitty segues Let's do here. It. <laughs> shitty segues. But that, this, this one kind of goes off of what you were saying before. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, because you're in it you're building pedals you're you know you know trying to you market your pedals and doing all that shit like mm-hmm. do you ever have gas for pedals like is there anything new that has come out maybe that you're like oh man i really want to give that a shot or like really oh, blown well, you away you, you know the answer to this already <laughs> our, our our friend alex oh uh, yeah there you uh, go. that triple graph is a fucking monster it is I, it is so it, sick it's so, you know what, even people would say, I wouldn't know what to do with that. But to me, it's like, I would spend an hour in my basement giggling about how fucking cool this pedal is. I mean. And it's that, so easy to use, too. I mean, it's just the, the uh, how intuitive it is. And obviously, we can't, you know, put this all on uh, Alex uh, lap. This is, you know, coming from the man himself. So there's a lot of... Uh, but yeah, it's simple. It does what it does. But to answer your question in the in the greater realm, yeah, I get gas all the time. And me and Colette, we have kind of come up with a deal 
that I'm I'm allowed a budget for trading. There you know, you it's yeah. like I'm in the business to have a business, not in the business to make pedals for getting money or getting other people's pedals. Yeah, yeah. So usually at the beginning of the year, I'll kind of do my hit list. Mm-hmm. And then I'll like, okay, okay, I, I got to dwindle it down. I can only give away so many pedals. <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I do have my gas. It's like, uh, you know, my buddy Mark Agin, he, he is up in Canada. He makes literally the best old school point to point fuzzes in the world, in my opinion. I mean, there's, there's other guys that do great jobs, but he's a monster. He was one of the first guys. I'm like, oh, I want that grizzly fuzz so bad. And I finally I got a hold of him. And he's like, yeah, I'll do a trade with you. And I did like the happy dance for a fucking half an hour. I swear. <laughs> I was just so, I was so happy. But yeah, I mean, that is one of the perks of doing what we do is that if you can make something. Now, I have the ability to pull out all the stops if I want. Yeah. You know, where a lot of people, they have a pedal and it's made this way and that's the way it is. Now I could say, well, would you like that to be in quilted maple? And they'll go, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, could, yeah. You know, I could, I could really pull off the stop. So sometimes there are people who really want to, you know, trade with me, but then there are people like, like right now, I, I think I talked about this last time as I was, I'm not a modulation guy or uh, a reverb dude or any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the last year, uh, I've had my cherry popped. Um, dude, <laughs> I am so I am so into and I and the thing is is the cool thing about using reverb and delay and you know flange and phase and all that stuff, when you're like 15, you have like 15 years, 20 years to learn how to use that in a very productive, good way. Yes. When you're 53 years old and you're starting that. It sounds like a freaking car accident, man. It's just like <laughs> delay and reverb. So it's, it's taken me a while to kind of. It's like getting hit I with got, a Mack truck. You're like, all right, fuck. <laughs> we need to yeah. reel that back. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, so that's kind of been more my thing now. And I'm trying to find, uh, you know, but yeah, there's a lot of like, I, I was very lucky enough last Christmas. We do, uh, we do a, a sequence Satan uh, giveaway for Christmas. Mm-hmm. The, the group that I'm in that you're aware of. And last year I had Steve Demi Dash. Yeah. And that motherfucker set me up. I mean, I got his T120, which to me is one of the best echoes on the market right now mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, it is awesome. And he sent me his overdrive, which is badass. And he also sent me one of his old school fuzzes, the ones that he did on a proof board. So to me, that those will never go anywhere. I remember it was last episode or the episode before when you guys were talking about when you were talking about throwing boxes out and how you said there are, there are pedals that you won't get rid of. Yeah, you, they may not be on your board all the time. Yeah, but they there's a meaning behind them. You will never get rid of them. Yeah, and that's a, and, like you always have a mountain, so you can just grab them when you need them. I'm like, why do we yeah, keep absolutely. it in a box? It, it looks beautiful. I need it out. Yeah, you're never going to get, it's like, I have stuff like that too. Most, I don't think I've ever traded anything that I've gotten in on a trade or a gift because it, there, there, there's, it means a lot to me Yeah, that somebody wanted to do it with me or, or they were like so into what I did and I vice versa was into what they're doing. I'm like, yeah, this is uh, this is special. This is something I want to keep. I'm never going to get rid of it. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a little little, little bit of the the romance and the fun part of it. It's it's more than the product and the piece. It's like the person behind it, the story behind it, and that's what I look at. Some of these pedals that if I if I'm gifted them or if like somebody like made them and sent them out to me, I'm like I'm not gonna get rid of that <laughs> because I'm like no, that's somebody. No. Somebody thought about that. Like oh, I made this for him or I bought this for you know. Well, if it's something that I bought on my own, I'm like yeah, I could probably get rid of that. Well, yeah, and, it was, and it's like this Christmas for Secret Satan, I was uh, cool enough to get uh, the Rude Tech uh, 3 by 14 mm-hmm. which, and you know my feelings about Big Muffs. Yeah. Um, this thing is awesome. It's so cool. It, it allows you to get those sounds if you want them. Uh, I practically, I, I particularly don't want them, but it does so much more, and I was, and this is something I'll never get rid of. Yeah. And then I know you have this little bastard that's in my hand right now. I will never get rid of my fi- fat guy little coat fuzz. Oh yeah, it's it's it, the boy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so good, and Doug's a great friend, mm-hmm. and I, it's just like to get all this power in a pedal that's the size of a Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's never gonna go. It's, it's I'm always gonna keep it. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I keep referencing and like I, it, the episode that he did with the guitar knobs. It was so fun just to hear him just go off and just Doug be Doug and talk about oh, yeah. the community and him just being from like not playing for years to coming into like just like listening to podcasts and then to be like I'm gonna build and then how embraced he was in the podcast community in the guitar like pedal community and people wanting to buy his shit. He's like, man, I'm blown away. It's fun to hear that. Like, wow, that's so exciting. Yeah, and the fact is, uh, you know, hey, it's it, you know, it's hard to say. At, at our ages, mm-hmm. me and Doug, to say, hey, I, I quit playing fifteen twenty years ago. I haven't played in a long time. I have no idea what I'm doing. So Doug just went on this tone quest. Yeah, you know, he didn't have a whole lot of money. He would buy a pedal, and if he liked it, he'd keep it or he'd sell it, and then. You know, it was so funny to see him starting to get more gear or better gear. Mm-hmm. And then he was getting more into playing. And then I think that's when he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm smart. I can fucking do this. Yeah. <laughs> and he came up with a great design that does exactly what it's supposed to do. And like if I had a space was an issue on a pedal board, um, this thing would be on it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just cut it know, in somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I would put it in somewhere. If I, if I like, I don't have room for anything else, but I want to fuzz, this thing would go on it. Yeah. But, so, uh, it's, yeah, it's cool. I mean, yeah, it, I always guess, dude, I guess about guitars. And unfortunately, I don't know why I think it's kind of selfish and kind of shitty that guitars don't want to trade $300 pedals for $1,500 guitars. <laughs> Those bastards. I think that, I think that's crappy. I, I don't know what the selfishness is and all that. But. Look, I'll give you five canalias for one of your guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on reverb, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No shit. You can make money on this. Yeah. Why don't you sell it? And then and you give can me the buy money. my guitar. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, yeah, I guess I was kind of also going to ask, I'm like, do you like pay attention to a lot of other builders or like what's going on in like the pedal? community or what's hot and stuff like that or do you kind of like kind of block some of that out for your own circuits because you don't want to like um, have that influence you or yeah do yeah you want um, that to influence you yeah i i keep i keep uh you know it's funny 
what I keep track of is I will go on Reverb and I will see what's getting sold on on the used market. Yeah. And that kind of gives me an idea what people are interested in having or not having, you know. Mm -hmm. And if there's a particular brand and I'm finding a lot on there, I'm doing some research and figuring out, okay, what... That's not to say that's going to make my decision on what I come up with a circuit. Mm-hmm. It will just make a decision if I start going that way and I go, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that because obviously this this part of the market or this circuit is way saturated and I, I have no desire to beat down that door, you know. Um, and here's the thing, I'm with, I'm like all my friends, we all talk and it's very open and they'll say, Hey, I'm going to do this next, or I'm going to do this next. And for someone like me who, you know, my day gig, I work on SMD stuff, very tiny parts. Yeah. yeah. It's on, you know, uh, little tiny boards, blah, blah, blah. I do the canal, the way I do it. And, and, and even like the cherry boxes, because I enjoy electronics and it allows me to kind of go back into the past and, and, and all the things that in, people enjoyed about being a hobbyist at first and then you know doing as a career my mm-hmm. grandfather was an ee and he had a bench and he made stuff and so for me it's kind of uh, carrying on from that um so a lot of these guys are doing uh they're doing dsp yeah so here's the great thing about dsp you can't fucking copy it <laughs> you know <laughs> you could you can listen to the sounds you can kind of try to track that on your program and stuff. So a lot of these guys have absolutely no problem telling you what they're doing, you know, saying I'm doing this. Yeah. Well, you can know what they're doing, but how they get there and how you get there, it, it could look like a, uh, where's Waldo, you know, type scenario. Where <laughs> it, it could go a thousand different directions. Yeah. Just like a shrug. I'm like, nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you could even be really, you know, hype for them. Hey, that's really super cool. So that allows a lot of guys to be a lot more open mm-hmm. about stuff. Uh, and even guys like me, like I said, I, there's not a lot of crossover. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, Alec at mask audio, he, he's doing like these really deconstructive type gnarly ass fuzz distortions that are i don't think anybody in their right mind would want to do it mm-hmm. but they're so fucking cool and they sound so great so this is a case of somebody taking something going i want to go this direction and instead of working on somebody else's shit and then you know copying it onto them they're taking the time to do something in their own vision and moving it on yeah and that's and I think that's really super cool. So someone like him, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going down that road. I appreciate it. I enjoy it. I think it's cool, but that's not in my bag of tricks. Yeah. It's like, you can have the camaraderie and to know that like, Oh, we're on our own paths and stuff like that, but not be like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to join that path too. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why there's a, probably a little bit less of that in, uh, guitars and probably even less in amplifier builders, mm-hmm. amplifier builders. You, you know, I built amplifier of the fires before I'm drinking this founders Imperial stout right now. There you go. And, uh, it's like 12.5 alcohol. Hell yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, 
it's in a big ass bottle. Anyway, so I have to have any talk problem talking. It's, so, it's but, Friday. Yeah, we're partying. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> yeah. But no, the amp guys, you know, all, there's only certain ways you can do a tube amp. You can be tricky about some things. Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, I'm not showing you or I'm not telling you what I'm doing. I mean, I'm sure there's some camaraderie, you know, there's friends and stuff in there. Yeah. But even like guitar builders, it's like if you, you do something where you come up with this really cool shape. Yeah. Or this vibe and the guy in the East Coast kind of does something close to it. You can't say it's not because he didn't know. He knew, obviously. There's only so really many cool. telecasters you can build <laughs> to yeah. a certain point. Yeah. So it's like you do this really cool, funky, like Nutter. Mm-hmm. If someone did like a Nutter guitar, you would, you would know. I mean, like in the instant. Yeah, you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, that's exactly." Yeah, you're totally, you're totally copying his shit. You're, you're doing, you're doing his vibe. You know, it's that's the one thing about the guitarists that are kind of off the beaten track is they, they really are trying to do something interesting and cool, and kind of has their aesthetic and their vibe. So it's really hard to borrow from that. Yeah. So I think there's a a little bit of uh, probably like I said, not as much as amplifier builders, but I think there's a you know a little less camaraderie whereas our our us pedal builders first of all our overhead is incredibly low compared to those guys yeah compared to like guitars and amps and stuff like that right and if if you're someone like me or there's a lot of guys down there doing batch builds where they're like hey i'm building 20 of these i'm opening a market at midnight on thursday and if they're gone they're gone yep if if they're not Okay, they're out of some money, but they're not out of tons of money. Yeah, you're not on your ass there. Yeah, so there's not a lot of fear mm-hmm. that you're going to... It's like, oh, no, you're going to steal my fuzz face design. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, no. And second of all, if you don't sell a couple, you're out 250 bucks, 300 bucks in parts or whatever. Yeah. So there's a lot less stress in that regard with us pedal builders, I think. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, here we're going to go another hard left here. So I was like texting you a bunch of just random topics and I'm like, uh-huh. so far this whole podcast has been like on topic. We've been on brand of talking about guitar Holy and music. Shit. And like, it's fucking bullshit, man. We got to get <laughs> off track here. <laughs> no more music. We're done. Yeah. yeah we, 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 I was, uh, you're definitely, uh, with head honcho over there at the cooking, uh, group over on uh, Facebook yeah. and grilling. You're, you're, you're the man over there. The Sean writing over there. So, I, I kind of want yes. to pick your pick your brain about that a little bit. Do you have like uh like b- between like grilling and cooking? Is there a certain dish that is your favorite to make? Because uh, I know jack um, shit. I'll make food to eat, not to be like enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And you know, you're also probably a, a buck fifty five, and I'm pushing three oh five. So <laughs> there's there's some there's some good. No, I, I, got, I got I got I'm g- gaining some weight over here, but I I, <laughs> I, I got to hit the treadmill. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, OG, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep the trophy wife body going. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, like my favorite thing, and I think I've posted it on the cooking group is, uh, I, I love making bean hash. That's my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also the most, you would think it, it's the most controversial thing I make too, because it's, it, people look at think, Oh yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's fucking chili. And I'm like, no, this is <laughs> nothing at all. Like chili. 
first of all, do you put baked beans in chili? No, you don't put, I mean, you may put some kidney beans or yeah. whatever. Black beans. And maybe. Chili, yeah. yeah. Chili is spicy and it has a really large, you know, kind of tomato paste bite to it. Maybe yeah. you put a little whatever in there. Bean hash is very sweet. It's very tangy. And it's a, it's a meal that I got from my grandmother. Uh, she was a second generation German. Mm-hmm. And uh, she ended up having five kids. And, you know, in the 40s, you know, 50s, when my father and his siblings were born, they didn't have a lot of money. My grandfather was the only one working. Yeah. So they made these meals that were stretch meals. So you get a pound of hamburger and you throw in five cans of baked beans. You throw some ketchup and some spices or whatever. And that's what you had. Now, mine, I've, I've way upped. The, the the goodness of it it's, it's not like that anymore but that's where it came from to me you got the inspiration where, but now you're like i'm doing my own thing yeah yeah i'm doing my own thing and now my son you're doing a clone he, of your grandmother's <laughs> bean it hash. is yeah it is the clone but it's hers is better because it has memories yeah but but my son now he makes it and but he makes it more like a chili yeah so that's what he's gonna do with it but no that's my favorite meal to make that's my comfort food mm-hmm. you know the, my favorite thing that Colette makes, she makes so much good stuff. Her her mac and cheese is so freaking awesome because, okay, I'm, I'm going to do a litmus test with you. First of all, do you like mac and cheese? Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you like that soupy, goopy, Velveeta-like, nasty conglomerate of, or do you like yours to kind of set up on its own and be crispy on the top and it's kind of almost like a, Mac and cheese sandwich, kind of. I'm 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 a bad one for this because I like both. I like it when okay. it's like a like a macaroni casserole kind of thing, where it's mm-hmm. like you cut it like it's cake kind of deal. Yeah, see, that's 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 my press preference. It's like that is better. That is better though. But I will eat well, the other know, shit though. Yeah, I'll eat that stuff too if it's you know if it's good. But I like mine like more, you know, more congealed. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's that's a really horrible word, but, <laughs> but um, it makes well, sense though. Cut, yeah, yeah, you can cut it in pieces, and uh, even once like. I think I had a few too many beers and uh, I floured and deep fried one. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, it How was, was the it? best. It was the best thing I've ever eaten. That's right. But, sw- but my heart was yelling at me, You're trying to kill me. You <laughs> what are you fucker! doing? <laughs> you, you're doing you to s- us. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So uh, that was the last time I ate that. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but the, gr- the, the grilling thing is, um, you know, I grew up. Um, when I was, you know, five, six, seven, eight, uh, you know, in the in the late seventies, you know, beef didn't cost like it does now. Matter of fact, beef was a, like a filler meal for the mm-hmm. most part. So, you know, my neighbors, my dad, we, you grilled a lot of steak or you grilled pork chops or or whatever, and we grilled, you know, all year round. I mean, and so. To me, I always laughed when you ever, you know, it's it, it's June. Everyone pull out the grills. Yeah. Let's make hamburgers. <laughs> and I was just never like that. I you're just like, you're I've doing it all had, the time. Yeah. Yeah. I always had a grill. It's always available. And it's like, hey, it's Wednesday. Let's make some hamburgers or let's do chicken breast. And then on the weekends, when I have a little bit more time into it, it's something like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, I love be- beef short ribs are so good. Mm. Doing that, uh, doing, you know, like a pork loin or, you know, ribs, 
you know, I'm, I don't have the patience for ribs. Because my thing is, is I don't, there are people that could grill for long periods of time or, or, and you know, there's a difference between grilling and barbecuing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally different. Anyone tells you that they're the same, you slap them. <laughs> but, but to do like really good ribs, you really got to smoke them or you got to barbecue them. And to me, it's like after two hours, I'm either too drunk to care. Yeah. Because I drink beer when I grill and barbecue. They go hand or in hand. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or I'm hungry. So I went inside and started eating something, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you're like, I'm going to fill up on chips or something. Jesus. Yeah. So that's like one of the ones I stay away from. But no, I love it. To me, it's like there's nothing cooler. I don't understand men in this day and age that have the ability to cook, but don't. Uh huh. They either don't want to learn or they'll just eat fast food or their old lady cooks and they're, they're perfectly happy with that. To me, there's, there's nothing cooler than taking a bunch of, this is not much different than building pedals, taking a bunch of things and making one thing mm-hmm. and it tasting awesome Yeah, or it tasting like absolute shit, but you can go, now I know not to do this again. Yeah. You can learn and, and go from there. Yeah, put it um, in the back of your head and like, oh yeah, we don't, we don't do that no more. That's no, a, that, I love it. That is definitely me. I'm learning and I'm trying and I'm at least putting the foot forward and I'm trying to learn how to cook more things than just breakfast foods. Because <laughs> to me, I'm like well, eggs and I can do something with that and I'll do like a meat variant off of that and I'm trying to like get my get my hands into it, get my, and I'm you know, taking pointers from other people. I know, uh, I don't remember if I recorded this with Brian, but he had mentioned that something about like his um, mother-in-law uh, mm-hmm. is getting more into like cooking for the you know, his wife and the, his, oh. his baby and stuff like that. And then they're, they all, cause she wants to cook. She's like, Oh, I want to cook the meal. Cause she's like a little bit of a pride thing. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to cook the meal for the family. Da, da, da. I want everybody to like my food. So she's kind of changing. Cause they're both vegetarian. She's like, okay, well I'll, I'll get learn how to do this. Cause she's like, was predominantly like all meat. And so she's learning. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll like, so she's kind of have, has changed into like, I'll learn how to cook kick-ass vegetarian food because I want to be the person to cook for the family and stuff like that. And so yeah. like, I want people to like my shit, you know? Dude, there's, there's, there's not many things that are cooler than making something, giving it to people, and having them whoop about it, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, it's just like building pedals. I mean, no one goes, wants a reader review, this is the shittiest thing I've ever played. <laughs> I didn't even want to send it back. I caught it on fire and good riddance. You know, no one wants to read yeah, it. Just it's like, like... <laughs> no one wants my mother, I love her dearly, but could never cook. Yeah. And and I kind of a lot of things in my life you'll find out are learned from things not to do. <laughs> As opposed to lessons I've learned from adults of uh this is how you be responsible. Sometimes but that's my... how you learn the most, and those are the ones that stick in yeah, your head the most of what not to is, do. This is true. But my mother, she used to do a thing. Uh, it's it's a disgusting ass thing that most people, well, not most people, some people do is uh, called parboiling. Okay. Where you take your ribs and you boil them in a big pot and uh-huh. you simmer them in in a boil in the water, and that kind of cooks them, and then you put them on the grill to get them crispy. Well, you can do it that way, but it's really difficult. My mom, she would think that there's two settings on a stovetop. There's the one that says off, and then there's the one that says really hot. Yeah. <laughs> so she would boil these ribs, put them on the grill, 
And she makes this great barbecue sauce she got from a guy who uh, we, my mom and dad met her, met him when he a long time ago. He was from Louisiana, and his nickname was Swamp Rat. And he <laughs> made the best barbecue sauce. So here's the thing. Me and my brother have these ribs. We're licking the sauce off because there's no way you could eat these fucking rubber ribs <laughs> because they literally you cannot bite them because they're like it's like chewing on the dog rubber dog bone. Oh, yeah, I, you gotta I, give, I, <laughs> give it to the dog so there. Yeah, basically you're licking the sauce off and giving it to the dog. Or Old whatever. Fido there, he's stoked. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I mean it's just you learn you learn about yourself when you do things when you take on things that maybe are something that you have never done before or something you've had maybe a fear to do because for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I love cooking and I love beer and those two, you can do together. So there you go. I'm down. Okay. Well, yeah. here, here, here's another one for you. So mm-hmm. beer guy, you're, you're a cooking guy. Is there like, what's, what's your, you, maybe you got a, like a couple top, uh, beer food combos. Cause I know a lot of people pair beer and like, it's like wine nowadays. People like to pair it is. with f- certain food to me. I'm like, I kind of like to drink what I like to drink and eat what I like to eat. And people are like, no, you're fucking stupid. Because I was like yeah, having an I- I- IPA with a burrito. I'm like, no. No, fuck them. <laughs> okay. No, fuck them. And so like, okay. It's like, oh, get like a Mexican beer with that. I'm like, which is good. Either one's fine. But uh, yeah, was- I'm, I, I'm totally, I, if I'm going out to eat Mexican, I'm, I'm having Dos Equis for sure. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just kind of a, first of all, it's probably the only beer you're going to get in the Mexican joint. <laughs> So I mean, there you kind of stuck with it, regardless. But I no, guess I like San that. Diego, you got all the San Diego IPAs. That's true. That's true. You got, but no, no, yeah. totally. There, there are some foods like I, I okay. Uh, I could tell you a food I will not drink beer with. Mm-hmm. Uh, any type of uh, Italian. Okay. And and the reason is is that um, Italian food tends to be really super starchy, so you're already eating something that basically is like beer yeah because all beer is is barley and you know whatever so i'm eating this big pasta meal i'm drinking this beer and i'm drinking and generally drink dark beer so it's it's kind of like it's like self-suicide <laughs> it's like <laughs> i'm not enjoying the beer i'm not enjoying the pasta because i'm full and i look like uh, a glutton yeah. so so when I have pasta I or, or spaghetti, not pasta but spaghetti or, or Italian food with a lot of sauce and stuff, I'll have I'll have wine. Okay. Or I'll have water. But um yeah, I mean that's but in terms of food, pizza is a gimme. And and pizza, uh I don't drink dark beer with pizza. Pizza, the reason why you have the beer, the why you the reason you drink anything while you're having a pizza is because the pizza's so fucking hot, it's peeling the skin off the top of your roof of your mouth yeah that's what the beer's for to put the fire out yeah <laughs> so so you want something that's watery and quick to drink and doesn't cold, taste and like cold, someone's yeah. yeah and cold and doesn't taste like someone's taint and then <laughs> you're like i'm down you know yeah are you ever a cold pizza guy or no um you know what here's my way, favorite way to eat pizza i i think people get confused with refrigerator cold pizza and room temperature pizza yeah I love room temperature pizza. I love that the fact that it the pizza is probably 65 degrees, you know, room yeah, temperature. Yeah. To me, that's when pizza tastes the best because 
piping hot pizza, you can't taste fucking anything. <laughs> you really can't. Because, you, first of all, your the taste buds are getting burned off your mouth. That's steaming up your glass. You can't even see anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, like, cold pizza is fine, but it's it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't melt in your mouth. You got this gelatinous <laughs> cheese pepperoni combination you're chewing up in the side of your mouth. <laughs> With this cardboardy bread yeah. <laughs> on the other side of your mouth. You know, it's like if you're out the door and you need breakfast, yeah, sure. I'm grabbing a slice of cold pizza out of the fridge. But no, room temperature pizza is like to me, that's the best. It's underrated for sure. It's very underrated. I mean, it's like I love people like love piping out pizza. So you like taking 15 minutes eating a piece of pizza then right i do not i want to eat the pizza yeah i want to be there i want i want it to be in me yeah i don't want to eat a slice of pizza like i was at a strip club you know it's like yeah i'm just gonna have to wait here because there's nothing i'm gonna do here yeah i'll just look at this piping hot thing of pizza there you go oh hell yeah we're yeah got about an hour here this is this this was fun um so yeah i'm gonna bring us in for landing here but thanks so much sean this was fun this is just a, a joy we got to get you on the main show but we'll get thanks. on the main show and uh we can't make it so long next time buddy i don't know this is it's bullshit man we gotta g- get you out there to the people i i well, keep talking about this I, mm-hmm. and i have to tell you this and i you know and i'd like to tell kyle this too um me and colette can't thank you guys enough for all the love you showed us over the last two or three years um, it's been very much appreciated. I know it's coming from the heart mm-hmm. and, uh, it, it means a lot to us that you guys are putting our name out there and you're doing it in a very honest, this is where we are way, as opposed to it sounding like an ad. Yeah. Uh, I, we, we appreciate it. <laughs> no. Awesome. Uh, it, it is awesome because like you make it easy. If, if it wasn't, then we wouldn't do it. So, well, that's what <laughs> this is like. If I was a total asshole, like we, we wouldn't be able to talk for over an hour and even off mic if we, if we weren't a cool guy and a lot of fun to talk to. So yes, awesome. Same with, same with you, buddy. But yeah, thanks so much. And um, let, let's do the plugs. Where can people find you? Where can people oh. DM you if they need to? <laughs> you, yeah, always can DM us, uh, whether it's Facebook or IG. We're on IG. We're on Facebook. We are, our website is www.lalligagareffects.com. Um, and we're anywhere you want to look at really beautiful and listen to very brutal things. <laughs> there you go. You're on some podcasts too. I would definitely search Lollygagger in your podcatcher. Check him out on Guitar Knobs. You're on Tone Mob. You're on the fucking Tone Control. You're all on the good places. Check him out. Yeah, I, I, I am a podcast whore. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, um, yeah, check out Sean and, uh, we will see you another time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.